Bam. Hello, everyone. How are you doing? And welcome to another episode of the Dr. Will Show, where we have the discussions that inform, entertain, and empower educators to be the change. I am your host, Dr. Will. And tonight, I am here with you with Dr. Ai Zong. How are you doing, Dr. Ai? I'm doing great. Thank you so much, Dr. Will, for having me on the show. It is truly my honor. Hey, it's, it's my honor uh, because, you know, when I came across you on Twitter and I started to look at your research and I looked at the blog post you were writing, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Uh, <laughs> this is great stuff, you know, because I feel as though I kind of dropped the ball, you know, because I did my dissertation and I kind of walked away from it not understanding that I was a part of breaking new ground Mm -hmm. and that I should have done more with my research and written more. Uh, So to see you doing it, I'm like, this is fantastic. So I wanted to have you as a guest on the show. So thanks again for coming on. Oh, yes, of course. Thank you. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. So for those who are watching the show, will you please introduce yourself? Yes, definitely. Uh, My name is Ai Zhang. And uh, I am a teacher in the traditional sense, and uh, I teach public relations, and uh, also I teach uh, social media classes. And uh, I am also a teacher in a more non-traditional sense, and uh, I do lots of work uh, in social media. So I'm a social media consultant, and also I specialize in social media pedagogy, which we'll discuss later, I know. So what that means is that I teach or coach uh, professors learning how to uh, apply social media, such as Twitter, Instagram, into their teaching as a teaching tool. So that's kind of the traditional and the non-traditional realms of what I do. Fantastic. So... Who is Ai Zhang? And please go into the, the research that you do as a researcher and as a professor. Yes, and uh, I'm really, really passionate about social media pedagogy, which we are going to hear a lot. So this is my primary uh, area of research interest. And uh, I discussed, like, recently, I just, yes, yesterday, I just came back from a conference uh, in London where my co-author and I, we shared uh, what does it embrace to become a a social media professor. So we identified specific challenges and characteristics that a professor should embrace to become a social media professor. So basically my research centers on social media pedagogy. So your research is similar to mine, and I actually wrote my dissertation on teachers using a Twitter-supported personal learning network for professional development. What made you embrace social as a pedagogical tool? This is such a great question. I just love this question. And uh, actually, I think my story can inspire lots of people because my journey on social media is very, very short. And uh, I have only been uh, on, like, started to be on social media, I think, two years ago, March 2015. And I always remember that day as if this happened yesterday. I was at home and grading my students' papers. 
and in a very good student's paper, and he wrote that he had never heard of Pinterest, and that was 2015. I was in shock because I had always lectured and talked about the importance of social media in my classes, and then here I was reading in this student's paper, and he wrote more. He had, he said, "I didn't know how to use Twitter, and I never participated in a Twitter chat, and blah blah blah." I was like, "Oh my God!" In my mind, I always assumed digital natives they were really digitally savvy. They knew more about social media than I was, and、uh, plus I had always been talking about social media. Then, like reading that student's paper was a wake-up call for me, and I realized there was a big hole in my teaching. And one thing is, I didn't walk the talk, even though I had always been talking about. And social media, I told my students, you need to do this, you need to do that. But I myself never truly embraced social media. So then, that's how everything got started. Then I told myself, and I told my students, I am going to use myself as an example to show you the power of social media. And little did I know that decision at the time to influence my students. Literally transformed my own teaching and professional career.、Mm. So, what were your first steps in using social media as a teaching tool, and how have you seen social impact how you interact and share with your students? Yes, and、uh, I started with、uh, Twitter because I teach communication classes, and many professionals are on Twitter. And so, I started with Twitter, and、uh, that summer. When I decided to become really active on social media, I started I started with、uh, Twitter chats, and I I think I participated in、uh, one or two, or sometimes three chats a day, and on a daily basis for three months, and、uh, that was just like a, such an eye opening experience for me. Not only did I learn a lot. But also, I build a professional network. So, in terms of how this influenced my、uh, my teaching and my interactions with my students a lot, and、uh, I think overall,、uh, social media pedagogy made me a better professor in several ways. And one thing I hear a lot from my students is that I am really relatable, and I think because. I'm speaking their language, especially when I use Snapchat, and my students they were commenting, "Hey, Doctor I, you are also on Snapchat." They can't believe that. I was like, "Why not?" And um, and uh, it is really interesting, and、uh, I really see myself as a coach, in the sense that um, I am with my students all the time. You know, traditionally. And you come to a class and you say bye to the students after class. Oh, it's over. But social media really allowed myself to be available to my students almost twenty four seven if I want. And、uh, so that is incredible because many times learning happens outside of the class. So making myself available to my students, I was really able to hear or experience. That aha moment 
from my students, which is truly amazing. I definitely feel being closer to my students and they are more willing to share everything with me. And uh, it is incredible. I just love it. Yeah. Wow. So now I want to throw this out there to you because you, you, you mentioned ch uh, Snapchat, which I am not on it at all. I, I just can't get into it. So what made you jump into to that format? And what do you have any concerns with connecting with your students on social media, particularly outside of class? Because I know some professors are like, hey, I'm the professor, you're the student. Now, outside of class, you know, we have a clear cut in that relationship where we don't interact, you know, because we don't, uh, you know, it's a faux pas, you know, because mm -hmm. uh, you don't want those relationships to maybe get a little too personal. So what is your rules, I, I guess? You know, like when you're on here and you're talking to your students. So what are your rules with interacting with your students? And are you ever concerned about having those relationships, those conversations on social media outside of class? Yes, that's another great question. I really see myself as a facilitator, as a coach. And I know that I saw some of your other questions. I really don't see myself as the owner of the classroom. I, I really see myself and uh, my students, we come to a class, we are both co-creators of the classroom content. That's really how I see myself. And uh, I don't really mind outside the class. I think one thing I love social media is because social media kind of break down this physical barrier and uh, the power distance between the teacher and the students, you know, like, like, like so social media really humanizes who I am. Like I share my personal life. I share my professional life. I want to go to conferences. I share a lot. So my students really get to know me. I'm not this, this professor with a stern look on my face, but I am a person just like them. You know, I have my happy moment. I have my lower moment. And uh, I think students, they appreciate that. But of course, and I tell my students, I am still your professor. You still need to address me. Even on Snapchat, you have to call me by Dr. I. So I still want to remind my students that I am their professor. But at the same time, I'm also their, I don't want to call friend, but but they can share everything with me, you know, also at a closer level. So I guess I'm both like almost, I don't even know how to describe myself, but other than being a facilitator, I see myself as a coach. And I think a coach is a good way to, uh, you, you respect this person, but at the same time, you feel comfortable sharing everything with this person. And uh, so the reason I started Snapchat was because my students were there. And, um, but now, like, I can see that more students are on Instagram. So I, I just be where they are and use that as a way to connect with them and to understand them. And plus, I teach social media. I feel obligated to be on every single social media platform so that I know the ins and outs of each platform and so that I can teach my students better. I am a firm believer of walking the talk. Whatever I teach my students, whatever I ask my students to do, I need to do it myself first. 
so that I have that credibility in the classroom. Mm. I'm loving this podcast, Dr. I. This, this information is so, so good. Um, so, you know, when you talk and teach to other professors, you know, the academy, and you know this better than I do, but it's not very innovative. You know, the teaching mm-hmm. practices are the teaching practices, and they've been doing this thing since the 1950s, 60s, whatever. It's, hey, I get up there. I do my lecture, I got my PowerPoint, I do this. And when it comes to trying out new ideas and being innovative, it's not generally thought of as something that, you know, we do or or that Mm -hmm. they do. So when you are talking to them, what goes into the mental shift from teaching purely lecture style to implementing platforms like Twitter Pinterest, YouTube, into one's teaching practice? Yes. I have to tell you, there is lots, lots, lots of resistance. And there are, there are definitely professors like myself, but I think we are the minority. And, uh, and the many, uh, actually, we shared this in our research reason, recently, and many professors in, in higher education and still uh, perceive social media as a fad or trend, you know, in fact, when I was proposing uh, social media classes at my own school and the reaction was like, social media, everyone can teach a social media class and students, they know everything about social media. Why are you teaching a social media class? So there's definitely that resistance, definitely, definitely. I think most people's understanding of social media is very shallow. And our students, they tend to use social media uh, specifically as an entertainment or a toy, you know, and they are very good uh, in terms of using social to chat with their friends, to follow celebrities. But if you ask them to use uh, social media as a strategic communication or business tool, and they need lots, lots of coaching from professors. So there's definitely that resistance. I have to, to almost fight and uh, to legitimize myself uh, within the existing curriculum. Yeah. So, you know, in K-12, we hear a lot about who owns the learning, you know, which means that is everything coming from the teacher or the students have ownership in their learning. So when you, so in this digital age, how, and, and thinking about social, how has social changed the dynamics between the teacher and the professor? Yes, definitely. Or the and student I, and professor. Huh? Yes, and I think uh, social media definitely changed. And uh, as I shared earlier, I don't see myself as a teacher and I don't see myself, my students as students all the time, but it's more fluid, you know, it's a fluid, a power relationship. You know, I'm a teacher at the same time, I call myself forever student. And uh, my students, there is so much I can learn from my students, especially in terms of technology changes, all those things. So we, I really see students and teachers we are co-creators of the classroom content and nobody owns and we both own the classroom experience and one thing with using social media is that you we are really breaking this kind of the physical walls of the classroom in a sense that we are inviting 
professionals from the industry to join our classroom discourse. So we all own, in a way, this classroom content, this classroom atmosphere. We all own this. And because uh, I use Twitter a lot in my classes, I have a class hashtag for every single class I teach. And uh, it, it is very common to have practitioners join our classroom discussion. And when that happens, uh, my students, they were like, oh my God, that person is commenting on my tweet. And uh, it is always such an like, amazing experience helping students understand that what we discuss in the classroom has real life implications. And uh, so I, I just really love that. I, I think it really opens the classroom door by inviting all the interested parties to join our conversation, especially when there's any like national crisis, like when United happens. If you jump on Twitter, you can actually have conversations with people outside of the class. And that is really amazing. That is why we're here to teach our students, you know, to really like at least in my classes, to, to teach them to engage in communication with the professionals, with real-life people, not just like students or myself. That's only part of the class goal. But the larger goal is to really interact with everyday people. Yes. Cool, cool. So, you know, in conducting research for this interview, I came across your Facebook page, and which is awesome. People, you need to go there. Uh, you, you see these these pictures, and you also see her show, right? She has a Facebook Live show, and it's called Classroom Without Walls. So where did the idea for that show come from, and how do you see live streaming, such as a Facebook Live, Google Hangouts, uh, Zoom, uh, their role in education? Oh yeah, that's another, you are asking all those great questions. I really love it. So uh, my Facebook show, by the way, is every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If anyone in the audience wants to check it out, I will be so honored to have you to join us live on the show. So I started this because it really aligns well with my education philosophy. And I truly believe that real learning happens not only just in the classroom, but also outside the classroom. I have two children myself, and, I, and my goal is to really take them to travel across the globe. And I just love this concept of classroom without walls. And um, because as I mentioned, real learning happens outside the classroom. And also in my own experience of using social media, I, I really see how my virtual interactions with my students are helping them learn. And even though those interactions happen outside of the normal class period, and, um, and also like some, like, I don't know if this happens to you. It happens in my classes all the time. I say that I always have students who do so well in exams, like all of my communication exams, but in real life communication, they were having challenges. I was like, how can you score almost 100 on this interpersonal class exam, but in real life, you, you couldn't engage in interpersonal communication with your classmates? 
And I, I always see this as a gap between what we teach. And so I intentionally always coaching students and telling them that the real learning happens when you are applying information, you know, and uh, information if without application remains to be information. Only when information, it is applied, it becomes knowledge and wisdom that you can internalize. Otherwise, it's just information. So this like application, applied learning, and classroom without walls has always just been a part of my philosophy, education philosophy. So that's how I, I started the show. And the results have been truly amazing. I'm learning so much from my audience and, um, and the content I produce through the show is also influencing many other educators. I'm, I'm very happy. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So I created this podcast because I knew once I went digital, I needed to create content. Now, unlike you, I am not a prolific blogger, right? I don't, I, if it were up to me <laughs> and I, all I had to do was write blogs, my blog would be a ghost town. Uh, so I knew that I, I needed to do something that spoke to me. And so that's where the podcast came from, because I enjoy speaking with educators like yourself, allowing you to share your stories, your research, et cetera. So speaking of that, what made you take the leap into blogging? Yes. And uh, the only reason I started blogging was because I was not a blogger. I had lots of fear of blogging because I'm always used to academic writing, which is so different, you know, publications, so different from blogging. And I, and I think my, my, journey, my, my journey of being on social media really helps me see like how digital storytelling can help me build connections with others and can share knowledge, can create knowledge. I just love it. And I just want to challenge myself more. And therefore, I chose blogging because I was not a blogger to begin with. And I didn't start until May this year. Wow. And I just pushed myself. And before this point, I blocked four times in my entire life. And I think two of the four times, they were guest uh, blogging invitations, someone invited me. So that was two times were forced. So I think I only blocked two times out of my own desire. That is safe to say. And, uh, but like in May, I decided I'm going to challenge myself. And so I blocked regularly. Um, almost a daily but definitely very regularly and um, after two months I earned a top writer in social media status on Medium I don't know if you have heard of Medium but it mm -hmm. is a popular blogging pl platform and that really encouraged me a lot and uh, now I just do it weekly and um, or like sometimes I have two, or two articles a week I just love it. And um, I'm so glad that I took the challenge. <laughs> now I know that I can do this. Yeah, yeah. 
And also, I forgot to answer one question you asked earlier about live streaming. I just love live streaming with my Facebook show. And uh, as I mentioned, in classroom, it's co-creation of content. So I really love live streaming because you have audience live joining you. And my audience, to a great extent, really con constructs. We are co-constructing the content of my Facebook live show because of the questions they ask. Sometimes I have my own questions, but many times the questions from the audience, they're so good. I don't have to ask my own questions. And uh, I just love it. And I show my audience who I am in a really authentic way. But at the same time, I just love the contribution from my audience to help me shift the direction of my every single interviews. And uh, to me, that is really powerful. It is like two-way communication as opposed to like blogging, it is good, but it is more like I talk and I have an audience listen, but live streaming is like two people are having a conversation at the same time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, I love it, I love it. I want to do a live stream with Periscope at some point in time. I just need to sort of think about what I want to talk about and just let it rip. I definitely love the interactions with these, my, my podcast interviews. And I've interviewed people who are podcasters themselves and then uh, they do audio only. And I tell them that, you know, I have audio only versions that go up on SoundCloud and iTunes. But the reason I do video is because I see the person. And I see facial expressions and I see movement yes. and it makes the conversation more rich mm -hmm. and I'm able to get into a better flow with them. And I think it makes the interview a lot, uh, just a lot better. And, and then when you hear it, it, it has a different tone to it as well. So I love video. And so I, I want to throw this out there for you because, you know, you seem to be so fearless uh, just jumping out at these things, you know, when, you know, there are so many educators, whether it's in K through 12 or in higher ed, they just have such a fear of getting on social media. And when, and the first thing they hear about it, oh, it's, it's Beyonce, it's, it's cat videos. It's, it's something that has no sort of, I guess, redeeming quality to it. Uh, how, what do you say to those educators who, even, even when you speak to them and you say, hey, this is all the wonderful things that they can learn from, and what, whether it's streaming or blog posts or listen to a podcast on the way to work, like this is some great learning that they can get, but they are afraid to take that leap. What do you say to them? Yes, and I, I think there are several ways, and one way is, Ask those people, do you care about your students? If you really care about them, and in my personal experience, like teaching this way and connecting with students through social media help students learn better. And you become more relatable to the students. And I think if you, I, I, I think the key is not to focus so much on yourself, but to focus on the content you are producing, to focus on the students, and to think about how doing what you are doing right now can help your audience. 
And I think that really helps me a lot because if I always think about myself, you know, my hair, my look, my accent, all those things, if I just, I will become obsessed with all of them. But once I shift from myself to my audience, to my students, my audience and people like you and other, other educators who are consuming my content and focus on the value that I'm providing and the pressure is a lot less and I also get a lot more motivated knowing that I am making an impact by the knowledge I'm producing. And uh, it is fascinating, you know, traditionally, uh, we can't do this a few years ago, right? I can't just sit in my hotel room in Seoul, Korea, and producing a Facebook Live that hundreds of people are going to watch it. It's not going to happen. So I, I, it really comes, it makes me feel really empowered you know, the knowledge I'm producing can impact others. So I, I think a way to really help those people to see the influence is to ask them, do you care about your students? You know, this can literally impact and transform your students' lives. And the second is to use ourselves as an, an example. You know, I walk the talk, you know, when other people, educators are, are challenging and questioning this, I was like, look at me. Look at me, look at how social media is transforming my teaching practices and my professional career, you know, because of what I'm doing. And uh, I gained like a research collaboration, speaking engagement, and uh, like people and the people just reach out to me and ask me to help them developing their personal brand. So I also gain clients that way. And right now I'm developing my first social media pedagogy class and I'm doing so much. Everything can be traced down to my like social media presence. And, uh, and I just love it. And I think there's nothing special about me. If this can happen to me, this can happen every single professor who is embracing social media, who is embracing technology, and those transformations can happen to them as well. Cool. And I'm glad you just brought up branding because that's going to lead us to our next question. Because I know a lot of educators who they don't like to consider themselves as a brand. And that's one thing when I talk to educators about using social is the need to build and protect their brand. And, you know, they go, look, I'm not tied, you know, I'm, I'm not Apple, I'm not this. But when I talk to them, I'm saying, we're just talking about your reputation. And I'm talking about when people do a Google search, what do they see? Uh, what comes to mind? What expertise is out there that says that you are able to do X, Y, and Z? Who, who do, what do people go to you for? And so I try to break it down to them in that way. So would you please speak to the importance of using social to build one's online presence? Yes, it is so crucial. It is so, so absolutely crucial. You know, like everyone, like nowadays we Google about everything, you know, like we Google each person's name, like how you found me, you probably Googled me to know more about me. And uh, it's, I really see online, the, the internet space as a vacuum, you know, and everyone can fill in that vacuum. And uh, I'd rather that person be me controlling 
what others want to see about me than having all the random people throw into that vacuum and create a story for me. I don't like that. I want to be the storyteller of my own story. And uh, this is also what we tell our students, you know, to, to graduate is one thing, uh, to find a job is another thing. And in this day and age, it is very common for any potential uh, employers, they will, uh, like they will Google students' names, you know. And in those times, that personal branding of, is very important, you know. And I think the same thing can apply to educators, you know. And uh, we need to work really hard to build a, a personal brand for ourselves. What do you want to be known for? You know, do you want to be the go-to person in your field? And those are the some very questions I tell my students. You know, you want to build yourself as the go-to person in every in, in whatever field you want to be hired. And uh, the only way to do that is by producing content aligned with your goal, you know, like one mistake I made in my personal branding journey is that I didn't understand my why. And I hope the audience in your show, they understand why are you on social media the first time at the first place, you know, what is your goal? What do you want to accomplish? Once you understand that and you just need to create content, and to help people understand who you are and uh, but your goal really helps you strategize your content creation, makes everything a lot easier and, uh, and makes building a personal brand a lot easier. Yeah. Mm. Y'all don't know. I've been sitting here. I've been fighting back from not clapping. This is, <laughs> this, ooh, this shit, Dr. I, I'm telling you, it's so good today. I'm just sitting here, I'm just like, I've just wanted to do this. Uh, this is such amazing. Oh, thank you. Content. You're thank welcome. You. You're welcome. Uh, so before we go, what is your call to action for those educators who may watch this podcast? They may watch one of your Facebook live videos. They can see one of your blog posts and they're thinking, okay, I'm going to give this a try, but they don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. Um, how do they get started and what and what should they be looking to do and what pitfalls should they uh avoid yes definitely and uh and i think if someone is really new to social media and i think maybe it's better to start shadowing a person like I'm sure ever feel there are people who are really active on social media and using this for learning research, personal branding, all those purposes. And I think this person can maybe just like choose a few people and to follow them or stalk them on social media and to foot in the door, you know, to see what they are doing. And then slowly, incrementally, like take baby steps. You know, I started with Twitter. And maybe you can also start with Twitter yourself and check out a few. And I myself, I also join a few like Twitter chats related to higher education, learning, and technology. So maybe you can start with just joining one Twitter chat to see how you like it. And I think most people will like it because as educators, we really enjoy learning. And uh, just take baby steps and uh, to see how this is going to 
to influence you. And also, I recommend uh, join like later join a supportive personal learning network. You know, and um, in today's information age, there's only so much we know. You know, there's only so much I know, and I really enjoy and love learning from others. I personally join a number of like personal learning networks like Facebook groups and other Twitter groups and uh, just learn from people and uh, support each other and knowing that you are not alone on this journey and uh, it's very encouraging. So I recommend this person do those and uh, and you will definitely have fears. You know, you are definitely going to have fears and uh, so my recommendation is the only way to overcome our fears is that is by acting on those fears. There's really no other way to get around this, you know. And with everything is changing so fast, the longer you wait, and the longer it is going to be harder to get started, you know. And the biggest mistake I made, as I shared earlier, on my social media journey is that I didn't have a why. I was just all over the places, and my message is now very cohesive and uh, because I didn't know why I was on social media in the first place. But now, I, like, as soon as I identified my why and everything just fall into the right track. So really understand why you want to be on social media, you know, and uh, that will help you uh, construct your messages that you want to share with the outside. Awesome, awesome. Thank you again, Dr. I, for being the guest. Oh on the show thank oh thank you so much dr will for having me and i just love talking about those things and i really hope more educators start to see the power and transformation of social media and start to embrace it excellent excellent so people you know how i do this this is going up on my blog this is going up on youtube please subscribe to my channel this is the audio is going up on soundcloud and itunes people follow subscribe leave reviews and of course i'm going to tweet this out i'm going to put this on linkedin share it on facebook as well and a blog post will be created so people as always invest in you edu peace